0: Welcome to the latest episode of 115 Miles. This episode is going to be one that I know that you will enjoy. We have some really good fun at the beginning. We put some things into Room 101 There's some great stuff in there. You'll have your own ideas on that. But then we jump into a much more deep uh, and, and and serious conversation in which Hass, I'm going to go out on a women say this, is his most vulnerable that he's ever been on 115 Miles podcast as we explore the topic of trauma. Now we do this in a way where I believe there could be some big aha moments for people listening in and we really wanted to give you something to take away in terms of how you might explore what trauma means to you and how it may have shown up in your life. Get stuck into this episode, have a listen in and see what you can take away from it and if you haven't yet done so, come and follow us at 115 Miles Pod, and make sure you've left us a review on the platform that you listen on. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Growing up 115 miles apart, our lives couldn't have been more different. But we find ourselves today with many similarities and outlooks upon life. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, Culture and everything in between. <laughs> Hass today, you've showed up. Do you know you've showed up looking like uh something out of Grand Theft Auto today? <laughs> oh, is that a compliment? Yeah, you know like what like the hip hop style nineties lumberjack,
1: yeah, orange beanie. Yeah. 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 i reckon I could I, I need a chain though, right? Just to complete the look.
0: Yeah, it would it would Gold. complete it. But is this how you used
1: to dress when you were DJing? No. Do you ever DJ now? No, but um, I've been uh, getting the the turntables out of retirement. Do you to get to pass on to the next generation? Yeah. What the kids like? Yeah, well, like d- definitely. Like my daughter and me are, are really getting into hip hop together, and the other two, Robin, uh, my boy, he he gets really obsessed with stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, he's obsessed with yo-yos. Before it was Rubik's cubes, but then we started watching scratching videos. So I'm, I'm going to try and live vicariously through him because I could never scratch like. But so I'm going to. De- what could you do as a DJ though? Just mix, mix, mix and blend, bro. Was mix you- and blend. <laughs> <laughs> On the ones and twos. <laughs>
0: so what do you, you get? The decks out? They're out. They're all vinyl yeah, decks. Yeah, yeah, they were. But that's out. not what they use nowadays, is it? No, I think, DJs? They,
1: yeah, I think they do, actually. They use do something they? called Serato, which is like a time-coded vinyl. So you basically just connect that up to MP3. So it feels like you're playing a vinyl, but it's actually MP3s. So it's, it's not, not a amazing. vinyl, which is why? It is a vinyl. It is, it's two acetate vinyls. Oh okay, yeah. So shut up.
0: So it's but it's not like a guitar, is it? Like if ah, like, oh, look at you trying to no, no, like no, no, turn no, no, it away. No, no, like, no, no. It, it isn't. Listen to what I'm going to say. Listen to what I'm okay. going to say. You know, like if somebody used to be in a band, every now and then on a Friday night I could see them getting a guitar out and like playing Wonderwall or whatever. Yeah, but what can you do the same with decks? Like get them out and just mix in a couple of tracks and that. It's not like a guitar that you can just whip out, is it? Or are your decks set up at home? They're set up at home. Yeah. Are they?
1: Yeah. Really? Yeah, but it's not like a guitar, Josh. No. You're right.
0: <laughs> but your daughter's into it?
1: Well, I'm, they're starting to they're starting to get into it. It's hard, though. Like, they're just, vinyl's so alien to them. So, but yeah, I think... You know, do you know what? how expensive vinyl is now? It's crazy. It's like... It costs like 30 quid for an album.
0: It's what?
1: Uh, On a
0: proper LP Yeah, like vinyl. a one or a double LP are you one of these people that says it sounds better when it's on record? You used to. You used to say that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a wanky thing to say, isn't it? It's not. Do you really think? Not. Like when I was into well, I still am, like when you're into punk music and all that, yeah, yeah, you get a lot of people that are like, oh, it sounds so much better on vinyl."
1: Yeah. A lot of punk would have been on 7-inch vinyls, wouldn't it? Does it sound better on vinyl? Yeah, it does. Do like, the do crackle, you think there's the a pop- generation do ge- yeah. a generation
0: that say it sounds better on cassette? Or nowadays sounds better on CD when it's just sort of
1: like every now and then goes, no, cause, skips cause and you have to of them, clean it none of that's real it's only vinyl that's real
0: alright mate yeah. I disagree that it sounds it sounds much better now clear on mp3 good for you you can put that in your pipe and smoke it
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> a bit more synthetic though isn't it you can tell it's been sort of almost overproduced and the thing about where you probably hear it is through something like Spotify or some sort of streaming service correct yeah and, and it just goes through some sort of levelling it's not how the true artists wanted you to hear it what
0: they wanted you to hear it on vinyl did they yeah. What, the true artist for uh, this needs to be heard on vinyl? Yeah. It's such a, uh, do you know what I fucking hate? And I, I guarantee you're one of these people. Music snobbery. You're a music snob. No, I used to be. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, yeah. everyone is. But right? do you know why? I used to live with and be with a lot of music snobs. So I wasn't re- a true one. I was a fake one. Oh, what one. was you hanging yeah. about with, like, yeah.
0: you know, real artists,
1: was you? Is that what you're saying? Back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, in my house they made an album in our dining room really yeah and what? I slammed a cupboard kitchen door because well, I was angry and it got into the album What? and how did the album do uh, and who very low they? circulation <laughs> they were called Dark Captain Light Captain okay later just called Dark Captain <laughs> we dropped the Light Captain <laughs> never heard of them yeah I'm never not heard surprised. Of what
0: was the album called Dark Captain Light Captain <laughs> I don't know I can't even remember But it was yeah. an EP it was an EP yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Has I'm going to ask you, I've, I've, done, I've got you to go away and think about this yeah. yesterday. So we're going to start today with, did you ever used to watch Room 101 on the telly?
1: Yeah, I did actually.
0: Frank Skinner did it for a bit, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, and, and Nick
1: Hancock as well. Do you remember Nick Hancock? No.
0: Yeah. Well he did. What's he look like?
1: Grey hair. Did he do football in
0: bloopers, VHS's? Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I remember who it was. Yeah. I'll tell you who else did it for, for a while. The guy off of Have I Got News For You can't say his R's. Do you know what I mean? He's got long hair. Do you no. watch Have I Got News For You?
1: I can only think of Jonathan Ross who can't say his own. No,
0: no. Do you watch Have I Got News For You? Sometimes. All right. Let's, Not religiously. Let's, let's, what, you don't watch it on your knees while praying? <laughs> <laughs> so, I've asked you, Room 101, for people that don't know, is basically where we chuck everything that we want to get rid of. Yeah, so it's like things that are really irking you at the moment. So I've asked you to do one person, one place, and one thing. So let's start with person. And I told you that person could be people as well if you didn't want to be directly horrible to one person.
1: This one's controversial.
0: Oh, good start.
1: And I think it may upset you. Okay. But I would get rid of Santa Claus. (laughs) Well, why would that upset me? Oh, because Santa on the roof. Yeah, It does upset me, yeah. Yeah, I am
0: upset. Tell me why, Has.
1: He's all hype, like he's untouchable. No one can kind of say a bad word against him. Yeah. He only really works one day of the year.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what everyone on LinkedIn
1: wants nowadays, isn't it? What working one day? Yeah, again? work where you are, <laughs> yeah. man. Who are you? Some sort of luddite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he gets all his minions to do the work, and then he takes all the credit. Yeah.
0: Oh, he sounds like who matey, who you
1: hate on Twitter as well. Who's that? Uh, what's his name? Elon Musk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Santa Claus is Elon Musk. Right? He makes people, even the poor ones, like you, <laughs> put out food for him, like, where, like so he can yeah. eat. Yeah. He should be working. Why are you eating? You right? Be- oh, Hold on. Hold on. Also, like, Mrs. Claus never gets a look in. It's all about fucking Santa Claus.
0: Oh, yeah. He's a yeah? raging misogynist. Exactly. Isn't he, so, yeah, Santa Claus. Do one. Uh do one. Was there a moment do you remember the moment that your children worked the whole Santa Claus thing out and I won't say it directly in case there's any kids listening.
1: Uh what what out Josh?
0: What that that he doesn't that, that he's not what? real. Uh, You've made me say it. So Would well, you remember the my moment my kids talking? listen to my podcast? Do they? Yeah. But no, old they don't, but sometimes. They're old enough to know he's not real, right? Josh, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> Should I not we, be saying that? We haven't had this conversation. <laughs> See, the thing I think kids do is they know. When though? But who knows? It can be a different, there's no, there's, no li- there's no date you like, there's no fix that, hang on, let me finish. But then what they do is, they don't tell you they know. They stretch it out. Cause they get more, they get more shit by stretching it out. So I think my eldest, we still haven't had the conversation. Obviously she knows It. it, 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 it he doesn't exist. Yeah. Oh, you made me say it now, right? Uh, <laughs> but but the, but but we've never had the conversation. So you've never... Okay, that's
0: what I was interested in. Yeah. I used to work with a bloke, by the way, who used to say, oh, no, I never let my kids believe in Santa. I'm not working my ass off all year to buy them shit to tell them that somebody else did it for you.: <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Magically. No, but yeah. I like the magic, but my, my... So my six-year-old daughter is at the point where I don't think she's going to get another year
1: fully believing. Really? Is that late or early? I don't know, but ours, we've, we've milked it a bit longer. Eight, maybe. I think, I think... She eight. must have known before eight, mate. Well, we didn't know about Oh, yeah. Well, they don't tell you anything, your kids, clearly. <laughs> no, I'm not, very, I'm not very present at home. <laughs> No, but uh, when, the, when they grow up, they'll come find some sort of guru that will help them see into their past. A bit like you, eh, there'll be a book for that by yeah, yeah. then.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: it's gathering but dust.
0: We're. Con-
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll use it to like.
0: <laughs> we're we're considering telling them this year. Just saying, it's not. He's not. Okay. Not real. But
1: does he go in the room or not? I like. Does he? What? Santa Claus. What does he go in my kid's room? <laughs> is that was the question. Is? Yeah, does he? Uh no. Oh uh, no,
0: no. Too scared. no. We have
1: to scared. <laughs> I'm saying does it go in room one oh
0: one? Oh sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Can I yeah, No, yeah. I can't put Santa Claus in room one oh one. Oh yeah, I get to decide whether it goes in, don't I? It's not going in. Okay. So you get to decide if mine does. That's okay. how I'm gonna do this. Okay. So I've gone with not a person, I've gone with a group of people, right? And this is slightly tongue in cheek, but also my truth. While being people, even though I'm one of them. And you want to stick yourself in room one hundred and one. I just, I particularly virtue signalling ones, right? As the well-being space has grown, everyone's on board with it, right? And some of the stuff that what I particularly hate is not hate, hate's a strong word. What particularly gets my goat is when you can see that people are really playing up to it, and it's not who they truly are, and it feels really over-rehearsed um, and unrealistic. Well is that you're fucking looking at me blank? No, um,
1: I thought you were you were going to say something. No, no that's
0: it. I haven't planned it out, you know. I, I haven't completely assassinated somebody like you did with Santa Claus. With Santa Claus. But my but in general, I I I really you know what I struggle with is um go see a well being person. I'll no, but <laughs> yeah, they will help me get through it. Is stuff becomes gimmicky really really quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. Like online and on s- social media and I think Uh, that's what I struggle with the most is when it's, it becomes, it's already become like, you know, when you get food, fad food diets and everyone's doing keto and that's, you know, the most healthy thing. And we've never known all. And like you get it with ice baths now. yeah, Yeah. Everyone and their dog is ice bathing and it's cured all of their stuff. And, you know, they can't wait to put a picture of them getting in the cold and showing how zen they are. Now, I ice bath, yeah? You know, i got an ice bath in the
1: back garden. This isn't going well for you, just Yeah, no,
0: I know. But I've, it's the performative thing of it. And then here's another here's another one that I don't like, um, is people setting their cameras up to cry at them. Yeah. That's yeah. like really, it feels really inauthentic to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other one, uh, yeah, is ice baths when people cry at the cameras, and then like me- like filming yourself meditating all of the time. I get it as a one off to show people that's what you do, right? But you document yourself. But you get people that are like every morning filming themselves meditating, and I think if you're filming yourself, you're not meditating.
1: Yep. Probably. Yeah. And you're thinking about how you're coming across on camera. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so are yeah. being inauthentic. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, thanks. Take them in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't like them. I'm taking that as one. Yeah. yeah we don't like people anyway. So,
0: well, I genuinely, it is genuinely right. I was actually going to go with people. <laughs> just people. I was going to say, just <laughs> I'd like to put everybody in there. <laughs> um. Okay. Good. Let's go to a place. What place did you want
1: to put in it? Place. Yeah. Airports. Okay. Go on. Like, they're, they're fucking inefficient. They're just like, you have to add on a half a day onto your travel just to get for an airport. And yeah. it's a shit experience. There's often no seats. It's, it's full of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. And bit. But but the main thing is, it's like, it just needs, it's screaming out for innovation and efficiency. You're just doing the same old thing that you did 40, 50 years ago and it's rubbish. Yeah. But I like flying places. I just haven't done it for a long time, so that's probably why I hate airports. (laughs) I only hate airports on the way back. No, I'm just saying general, in general,
0: Or even on the way, you don't enjoy it. You don't, like, get to the airport, have some grub and a drink and... I do. Yeah. It doesn't mean I like it. You don't enjoy it. No, You're just fucking miserable, aren't you? You've gone with Santa and holidays (laughs) so far. I didn't say
1: holidays. (laughs) I, I I like travel. I just don't like the airport. And I think people will agree that like it's just not very efficient it's why do you have to check in for 14 hours before you fly
0: yeah i don't know why that is. yeah and it doesn't speed anything up does it as
1: well no one really really looks at it they don't really care I don't know, man. I think unless you pretty... look like me, you'll be <laughs> fine. You'll be fine. Yeah, yes, Mr. Connolly, just breeze on through. You look great. Oh, you? This
0: You don't. Look, you don't look
1: like an up, You don't look like an upstanding citizen. Can you step out of line, please? We're just going to do a scrotal search.
0: <laughs> to be fair, I used to get searched all of the time. Since I've grown my hair and I look a lot more spiritual, oh, we're the same. And like yeah, a and like a well and like a well-being yeah. guru. Yeah. Uh, I get searched less now.
1: Uh, let's see what happens when you go to the states. All
0: right. yeah. well, anyway, airports. Okay, good. I'm gonna put it in there because I feel sorry for you. But I like airports. So I go like that. Ding. My uh, place that I want to put in there is LinkedIn. Oh, something's happened to LinkedIn, man. Yeah. Do you uh, do you, do you feel me? Yeah. I feel I, like, man. I I've fallen bang out of love yeah. with LinkedIn. I yeah. really struggle. The like, the virtue signalling on there is horrendous. Now yeah. I see very very little authenticity on there. There's a lot of ads on there, by the way. Nowadays, yeah. they never used to. Also,
1: be also, can anyone post anything now without putting it on a carousel that's been made on Canva? Oh my god! Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's just yeah, everything. Yeah, and I had cornflakes for breakfast today. Yeah, scroll and through nine slices. Oh to see that. my
0: god! Yeah. And and. Like the virtue signalling has reached a point where I see so many people that are just clearly, and I look, I'm, I'm probably not free of this myself. I'm sure I do it, but I see so many people on LinkedIn posting what is clearly something that they don't like or something that they're that is clearly a projection of themselves. Because I look at the post and I think you're virtue signalling about something that you fucking do. Can you give an example? Uh, probably not. Not of a person, probably one one out of five of my last posts. All oh, right, yeah. Just have a look <laughs> at yours. <laughs> no, but like um, I, I'm talking particularly in the well-being space that I operate in. Do you know what I mean? Like um, particularly the latest thing is to just completely go at people's work culture. So like like and there's this well-being thing now where they just completely dismantle any company that's working hard, and it's just like and 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 so that's one but that's not the hypocritical ones i guess the hypocrisy ones i'm talking about is when um i can't do it i can't give you an example without actually yeah, putting yeah, somebody yeah. in the mire oh, okay, and i don't want to yeah. do that
1: yeah yeah fine 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 so you don't want to do that on linkedin <laughs> <can get> in <laughs> trouble. <laughs> exactly
0: uh so yeah for me mate it's definitely linkedin yeah in in Straight thank away. you yeah. very much and last one then thing has what thing are you putting in there Cookies, Josh. Cookies? Yeah. Oh, that's going to upset a few people.
1: Not, not nice, crunchy, double chocolate cookies. I'm talking, about oh. the, I'm talking about the cookies that you have to deal with every time you go on a website. Yeah. Every yeah. time, every single page, every time. And what it does is it, it plays into my impatience, Josh. Yeah. So sometimes I know I shouldn't be accepting, but it's just the quickest way to get to the, the meat and potatoes. So I'll just hit accept. really you know what I'm saying you've got to go in and you're supposed to kind of uncheck boxes and all that sort of stuff otherwise they'll follow you into the toilet right (laughs) like like, I I hate cookies like ever since that came in it's just it's just that little can't you just uh, not allow all I always allow them by the way yeah and that's what they want Josh what do they do then just so they can target market me when you say allow all they set up fake accounts in your name (laughs) on Instagram (laughs) No, when you click allow all, that means that you they can they basically uh, take they, your data. Yeah, they're just watching. Oh, Pu- right. plugging cookies means they can just plug stuff onto your computer and just track your activity.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So you shouldn't be. And so if go, I say don't, accept, if, or, if I say don't, uh, don't accept any. Yeah. yeah or at least These, essential, these yeah. good, caring companies, powerful companies, go. Oh, he doesn't want to, so we won't.
1: Yeah, well, they find another one. I
0: think it's irrelevant anyway. I think they just do it anyway. Surely. Well, they can't really. Why not?
1: Because you've. You've actively because like I've said no. What? Well, yeah, but that's like. Are you just giving in, you miles? That's the same as like saying, oh, well, let's just let the Tories in because they're in power. No,
0: it's not. It's not fucking remotely, it like, that. remotely it's like that. Yeah. It's completely different. It's completely different. You like cookies,
1: dear? Pardon. <laughs> <laughs> is that
0: you no, saying? But I do think that I think they track our data anyway.
1: I do. I think. What do you base you that on, Josh? Pardon. What are you basing that on?
0: Uh, track record.
1: Track record. Yeah. Like so. social
0: media before this, this cookie stuff come in, didn't it? Because social media were doing it anyway without yeah. our permission, yeah. Yeah. All the apps were doing it, and then everyone's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they're doing this." Yeah. So and then they find a way around it. Wake up, Pat. So, you, so you're not going to have cookies? Up. Are you? You're asleep. No, you can put. I'll put cookies in there. Ding. Pointless, but they're going in. Um, my one. I think this is a good one.
1: Can I say what I would have had as well before you do that? Yeah, here's what you could have had. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, food at stadiums
0: what the price of it
1: it's overpriced it's tasteless it's cardboard shit but you're sort of prisoner yeah so that would that was a close second
0: yeah especially at these big corporations that you go and watch yeah it's a bit better at the clubs I go and watch proper football yeah 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 yeah. because I don't go and watch a big corporation
1: you couldn't make (laughs) you couldn't make it into a big corporation Josh (laughs)
0: You're only in because of me. Mate, I went to Tottenham Stadium when you hooked me up. And by the way, it was insanely good. But I wouldn't swap what I've got at Swindon. Anyway, my thing that's going in there is school emails. Do you get the school emails or do they go, do you get them?
1: They get them. Yeah, I get them. There's they get them. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: Aaron. Aaron,
1: gets them. <laughs> There's so many of them in there. Do you, yeah. Do you read them? No, no I never read them sometimes. ever. Sometimes if it piques my interest. If, yeah, if, the, if sometimes if they get the email hook they get right, the email yeah. hook right, then <laughs> yeah, you no, yeah. But mostly they don't.
0: Oh, like you need a full time person to yeah. read fucking school emails. Yeah, like it was better when it used. They used to send home a letter. Cause then at least you had the excuse as a parent of like ah oh, they didn't mm. bring it home the little yeah you know what I mean so and so yeah correct. yeah
1: so school emails mate I can't put that in Josh why just because you didn't put Santa Claus in
0: <laughs> I'll put it in there then all right okay good has I want to do a check in I don't want to be too long with this check in
1: oh so just rush my answer yeah so I'm gonna
0: I want you to rush your answer no I don't want you to rush your answer no, but okay. let's but but let's just be advertisement. Yeah. You didn't offer me. Uh, these are extra strong. How many?
1: How many hey, how many do you put I roll deep? Oh, there's three there, it? go on, yeah. You're what dressed you
0: like a hip hop. Triple drop in.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good. We're good.
0: Uh, so look. Uh, the check-in I'm gonna I'm gonna check in today with a with a with a question. Don't want you to answer. So what has been your biggest struggle so far this year?
1: Um, last week was a tough week, a really tough week. Um, I think for for a number of reasons which we've talked about off of the show. But I think um, what I realised was I I think that, that, that I would underestimated the impact of my business partner Krish um, leaving at the end of last year. Yeah, and it's all really amicable. And you know he's going off to live his dream and and live in Canada. so, so that part of me, my heart is big for that. Right. But I just I don't think I fully anticipated what it was like, and I've got an incredible bunch of people around me. But the way I am, as you know, is I sort of I I, I always try and be in control, and I think that's basically took its toll last week. And uh, I say took its toll. I just really felt it last week yeah. in a way that I hadn't, and in a way that I think I, I externally projected in, in a way that I don't normally. So I normally handle a lot of stuff internally, and uh, so I think. That was, that was a, a realization. But what I'll also say um, is that getting through those tricky moments was done through collaboration and leaning in and taking you know, counsel from people around me that I trust. And that got me through the week. So I think um, just underestimating Chris not being around and, and there's sort of the emotional side of not having one of your best mates around um but also your business partner that you've built something for eight years it's just the mental load of going two of us kind of share the load of this to just it being you yeah that's been the hardest thing but it's just a transition you know that that has to be gone through and getting through that week was a really important one um i don't think you truly learn until you've been to a um a, a place of challenge yeah it's through that bit of challenge that you you really learn. Like if it's always plain sailing, then you just never you never understand um how to be in those moments of adversity.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. How about you? Uh so mine is uh, we've sort of touched on it a little bit. You mentioned a couple of bit, but mine is social media. Um Social media is like the biggest tool in the work, in my work, yeah, in kind of reaching people in the way that I want to reach them with the stuff that I want to reach them with. Social media is an integral part of it, right? But if it wasn't, I would get rid of it completely. Mm. I wouldn't have it at all. Mm. Like I, 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 I've talked loads about how I never used to have it before I did this work. And because of my like constant want to escape all of the time and that stuff and um, what I'm like with those things, there's that part of it where I I get caught up doom scrolling and it takes too much of my headspace, And then I do all of the kind of unhealthy things that I'm sure people are aware of that you do with social media, you know, looking at somebody else who's in a similar space to you and thinking, you know, why are they better than me and all that sort of stuff. But then also as my following's grown, so has like the pool of strange things that happen and strange ways that people, you talked about the fake account and at the beginning that thing, worried me a little bit cause it was such a big account. Mm. And then it's like happened again with other accounts. And then like some of the weird stuff and the ways that people interact with me. And it's not just like on social media, but social media is where, where they start. And then they, like some of the interactions that you get, like fucking don't do my anxiety and stuff any good. Mm. And it's really taught me, you know, when you look at like uh, people who have a platform, like, Famous people and that, yeah, and like you see them getting trolled horrendously all of the time. Your knee-jerk reaction is to just be like, "Well, just fucking ignore it. It's just words on social media." Yeah, but it is—it's mental how much it does affect you. Yeah. It is mental. The trolling, I can like—I can deal with the the trolling. That doesn't bother me. Like that's standard. When it's just like crazy stuff that holds no relevance. The next layer of that is when people attack you as a person, or they attack your 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 job and your role, your character. That, if you see them, sometimes that can get to you. Yep. But then also when people like um, abuse boundaries and like trust and stuff like that, it's f- people that, like you. when we go back to what what we were going to put in 101 and it was people, you know, there's some, there's some, I don't know what the word I want to look for is, but there's some, strange strange stuff out there when you put it bluntly you
1: you you saw you seem to have hit a tipping point where you suddenly just alerted a bunch of other people about your existence and that just opened up something so what what do you think you can do to help you on that journey around that
0: well look shout out to Debs because like Debs started with me in December and um has been integral really to me just now being able to just pass stuff on and to create a little bit more distance between me and uh my audience because that's that's the thing some of them have they end up having too much access i mean it's mental to me that once upon a time i used to have my phone number on all my emails i think you're addressed as well right uh yeah well yeah. yeah that used to go out on some other things yeah. yeah so just mental yeah. that like to where I am now, and it's like it's not a massive problem. says so actually what it is is it, in the end, you have to say this is part of the territory, so I need to learn how to be okay and navigate yeah. it. And I am, but when it happens, when you get firsts happening, yeah, they are they've they worry you like somebody who's like anxiety driven by me, like me, yeah, they spike that stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I think it's just getting used to it and navigating it. Um, but I do, I do often think to myself, you know, sometimes it leads me to a place where I think. Life was much simpler when I just worked in a factory. Had no social media. Earned my crust and went home. Yeah, which is a natural thought, right? It's not never a rational, I might leave my uh, job I mean, and go back to working in a factory. Do you know what I mean? Because the the the, the, the positives completely outweigh it. But that's not what the question.
1: Yeah, was. I mean, last week I said to John, my my uh, my business, my other business partner, mate. Said I, I just wish I could go back to working in a record store. Yeah, and I and he was like, yeah, but. You know that that wouldn't be fun now I'm, and no i don't i don't mean now <laughs> like life's yeah. too complex to do that now but i meant like if i could just port back to that moment in time life was simple yeah it was easy it was fun like i did i did my shift and then i did i, I did and then yeah. i didn't have to think about it and that was it so i do i do think though we can overcomplicate stuff yeah. in our heads Yeah. yeah and so there's probably systems that we can create, like you have done with Debs coming on board, the systems that you can create to kind of make sure that you don't get triggered by some of these things that are just kind of part and parcel of operating in the world today. Yeah. So, and I've sort of learned some of those lessons that you just kind of put the systems around you to to kind of support you. So that almost, you don't even have to think about it. It's just like, let the system take care of it. Which is what it really like, it,
0: I don't know how I existed without Debs Now, do you know what yeah. I mean? And she only came in at the beginning of December, and what we were not even through January. Yeah. And I regularly say to her, I have no idea how I survived before you. And yeah. she actually says herself, yeah, yeah. I've no idea either. Yeah. Um. So yeah, mate. But like I say, the the good definitely outweighs the bad, and it's not something that's keeping me up at night or anything like that. Mm. Um. But it is something that I felt that I needed to talk about because you are. It's one. Some of these things. One, you don't sort of expect them to come up. And then when they do, uh, you have a tendency to think you should just be able to get on with it. So it's good that you can sort of bring it up and explore it. Moving on now, anyway, has so today's topic that I want to bring to the table, uh, we're actually going to talk about uh trauma Hmm. um and what trauma means and try and just explore this uh the best we can in, in in the time that we've got I want to sort of just hand it over to you really to maybe uh just explain why that word has uh come out more into the light in your world recently
1: yeah okay um so you know look, we we won't pretend that we haven't talked about some of this no of course offline obviously we have and that's part as part of why I'm sort of moving through it a little bit at the moment but um I would say um, last year, I started a a journey of self discovery that maybe I hadn't explored ever really, Mm. you know, and um, even though I've done a lot of personal development, done a lot of self development, and that's where my work centers, there's a part of me, I've always probably kept quite locked away, even from myself. And um, I was doing a lot of driving up and down from Brighton to London, uh from my mum's place that was getting uh, we were getting ready for, to get renovated. And um so listen to a lot of podcasts and uh I came across uh an episode of a podcast that I listen to quite regularly and uh Dr. Gabor Mate was on there and I thought it was quite funny because you've been talking to me about him for years, right? Mm-hmm. And I've you know, I haven't really paid any attention. I thought it's like something that's for Josh and Josh's uh work that he does around you know his childhood and all that sort of stuff and i i respect that it me he means a lot to you but like so i'm not like i didn't take the piss out of it but it's just it wasn't for me yeah and honestly like when i was listening to him speak it was like so many light bulbs were going off around my own ch- like who i am today and and my childhood and how connected they are and of course some people will listen and say well of course it's your childhood it's connected but i think Where I was pointing to is when you've talked about trauma, childhood trauma, I've often thought it was really about traumatic events, right? Mm. An event or series of events or a consistency of events like abuse or something like that, that leads to somebody, um, you know, showing up in a particular way as an adult. I did have trauma. I was 10 months old and my dad passed away. Now, I've always told myself, well, I was 10 months old. Mm. I didn't that, I didn't know it. I didn't know it. I was none the wiser so I've just been raised as somebody that didn't you know it's a sad s- story I didn't have a dad but the trauma bit was something that was mm. uh not part of my life the trauma was my mum she had the trauma of losing her husband and my sister who was 6 years older than me she lost her dad that was the trauma so I've always told myself that story but what I've started to realize that actually as a 10 year old as a 10 month old I suffered the trauma of just you know I was almost a year like you've said the first four years is when your brain is mm. most active right and so in that first 10 months I would have been building so many pathways with my dad and then he just disappeared so there's sort of something there that really spoke to me but then also it was also understanding as a parent of free now like how we are makes a difference mm. both when we intentionally try and do good but also when we unintentionally do bad when we intentionally do bad, and we un- when we unintentionally do good, does that make sense? It does make sense, yeah. yeah. So I, I was starting to realise I was driving, and I was like, oh gosh, like so. My sense of always wanting to be in control, which is a strength of mine, I believe, but it can also tip into a non-strength, you know, something that takes away energy from me, is always wanting to be in control always wanted to kind of have a perfect outcome to certain things. But I realized a lot of that stems from the way that we were raised because when my mum lost my dad, she was just 27. Mm. So she was still very, very, very young. She hadn't done her maturing as an adult in a way, but suddenly had to accelerate. But then my dad's friends and his, their families, um, they, some of them were a bit older. And so they almost, I think some of it came from a good place, which was we have to look out for my dad's family. Yeah, yeah. But it came as quite overbearing and telling me to behave in a particular way or my sister or my mum to behave or be a certain way. And so my mum proactively didn't, you know, she's a proud woman, so she didn't want to have anyone tell us that we weren't right because there wasn't a male figure in the house. So, So we always had to kind of be... Perfect, yeah. In a way, yeah, yeah. So I think some of that really started to kind of come home to me. So um, and then just just a few moments, which I'm not going to talk about here because that's private for me and my family. That like um, that make, that makes me understand more about myself. Yeah. What? Just taking it back a
0: moment, right? When you listen to the uh, Gabor Mate podcast, right? Yeah. Do you think it was the way that uh, Gabor spoke about it? solely that opened you up do you think it was the right podcast at the right time what was it about that podcast that all of a sudden opened you up because let me like let me just say this he wouldn't have said anything in that podcast that you haven't probably heard me say
1: yeah there was nothing new there yeah so there's a couple of moments where i I probably i absorbed it but i think you aren't you 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 asked the question was it the right podcast at the right time in the right moment and that's what it was
0: but so what what was it? We know that it was the right podcast because it was Gabor Maté and he's a Don, right? And he speaks about it in such an eloquent and clear and compassionate way, right? If we if we had set that for a moment, why was it? Do you, have you got any idea? Have you got any insight into what it was about that moment?
1: I was driving back from my mum's, caught in a bit of traffic. It was, it was a, a greyish Sunday afternoon. I'd done okay. some work. I'd just been with my mum. So I was almost primed for it because I'd just left my mum and left my mum driving back to my own kids, my own family. So that was kind of the condition setting. Do you think also the condition set, and, and this is not a trick question, so the answer might be no,
0: but what you've gone through with Krish and everything with the business, yes. do you think that like created the fertile ground to have that moment?
1: Yeah, I was probably unwittingly feeling vulnerable yeah. at, towards the back end of last year. Yeah, yeah, most, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. The other thing I realized, th- what I realized was a little bit of my work brain was kicking in, which is um, when you're driving, you're you're like you're almost uh, in the best moment to yeah. like listen to something, yeah. Because you're in flow. Mm. When you're in flow, you're sort of doing things almost in- instinctively, intuitively. So when you're driving, you're you're you have to be alert. Yeah because you have to look what's going on, but you're in flow, because you're just kind of, you're not even really thinking about it, you're just kind of driving, it's kind of, hopefully for most people, it's kind of an effortless thing that you need to be doing. So you, but you have to stay alert and focused, so that's a perfect time, you're primed, you're in flow, and there's nothing else. You can listen to music, which I do often, Mm. but actually I find that podcasts are brilliant. What was really interesting is, I find it very difficult, with decision fatigue. Yeah. (laughs) There's so much, I don't know where to start. So, what I think was really interesting was that I picked that one in that particular moment. And I just, I think maybe it was to do with what was going on for me and um, and recognizing that I, I needed to give myself something. So you had this discovery, right?
0: So you had this discovery on listening to the podcast, you kind of discover that you said the words, uh, was hiding it from everyone and probably myself. Yeah you've had these realizations about, look, it makes perfect sense to me, right? And it probably does to you when you lay out this... Like you think that the the traumatic moment of losing your dad when you was ten years old is one thing. Ten months. Yeah. Ten months old. Yeah. Sorry, is one thing. Yeah? yeah. But then to go on, imagine now the pressure. You, if you can picture a child at one, two, three, four, five, six, the pressure of not only do we want you to behave in this certain way, but the reason that we want you to behave in this certain way is one to honor your dad and two to look after your mum. Yeah. Right. It makes perfect sense to me that you would have developed this. Need and desire to control everything that you can control, right? A, a, a
1: form of like perfectionism, right? Can I just add one thing? Yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt your flow. From a, probably about three years old, that's what I can probably remember. Recall, I was, yeah. I, I was told, um, yeah. What I can recall, I, I was told, you're the man of the house now. Yeah, you're the man of the house now.
0: Literally told that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Three every years time, old. every time. You're the right. man of the house. Yeah, yeah. So anytime I would be acting out uh, um, like cuz that's what friends you do with your friends i would be the one that would get kind of pulled out and disciplined yeah but you have you you know you have to be responsible and you that's know? huge responsibility for a 3 year old
0: and by the way this is very very common so this is uh, uh, and i th- i think an important moment to just highlight this as well right this isn't about saying that your mum or 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 your you know your extended family and the people that were close to your mum it's not to say that they're to blame or that they got things wrong. I actually think that you're the man of the house idea um, is something that's always fed to children. Mm. And actually, not just not just in the concept of the man of the house, mm. but even in, you know, uh, your mum or your dad is struggling, yeah. children will often be told yeah. you need to be strong, you need yeah. to be tough, right? Yeah. And that's, that's you know, if you can imagine that the pressure and the impact that that has yeah. on children. Yeah, right? can, can
1: I just clarify something as well? Because I, I think it it... it to, to the point you were just making that never came from my mum no right okay so because i think that's maybe what you like um and i and i do want to come on to like w- what all of this exploration is 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 doing with me and my relationship with my mum today mm. but that never came from my mum it came from other people yeah projections yeah so projections. family friends and exactly people but kept that, saying to and me, that's
0: the wider idea of what society does to children right mm-hmm. it, it we do this weird thing where during adult struggle uh children seem to be made to be the ones that need to sort that out right to be strong for their mum or their dad right or to become the man in the house so i don't think that's isolated to you i think that's something that's really really common right and so children naturally develop this kind of people pleasing controlling mentality right this is why i think things when you look at like things like work addiction and uh, any other form of addiction people think it's the loss of control when you become addicted to something it's it's it does become that but actually addiction is all about having control right it's all about i can go straight to my work and i know this will work when my mind and my body is unmanageable and feels scary i have that thing that i know that i can do tap into alcohol food work, all of that stuff. Yeah. The question I did want to ask you before we, before we perhaps make sure that you have time to move on to what you just said is um, how conscious do you believe up until you listened to that podcast, how conscious were you of this discovery of the, the impacts of your childhood? Do you think you were completely unaware? Uh, do you do you do you feel like there was a sense of there, there there was a part of you having that battle in the background, or do you think it was completely subconscious and and, and you didn't realize at all? Do you understand the question?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I think I was conscious of it, but I only looked to what what you might call the positive sides of it, right? Yeah. The, the, like how I grew through adversity, how we had a challenging life, and we stuck together and we, you know, and, and so, we you know, I tell the story, like, whenever I tell the story of my mum, I, I do it with pride because I see the impact it has. But then people also look at me and go, well, you know, well done, <laughs> you know, so there's sort of, I I use that as fuel for, you know, um, for uh, being successful, yeah. right? Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I attribute a lot of what I've created as a result of my childhood experiences what I think i was l- i was not aware of or I'd shut away so deep that i didn't even think about it was the the unhappy moments the the uh, the negative contributing factors yeah uh the things that feed my anxieties or um, some of the things I'm less proud of yeah. you know um, and i'd also i'd also Put rose tinted glasses across my whole childhood, yeah, and um that's what I wasn't really tuned into. I wasn't tuned into that at all,
0: yeah. And, and listen, th- this is what I think is really, really important. Again, when we look at uh, coming away from the family and looking at it as the societal pressures and what's expected of people, we're expected to find those rose-tinted glasses. If you look at the mental health conversation in general, if you look at the way that uh, self-help is done and, the, and personal development, right, it's all about reaching that place of being able to have been through a hard time and be able to say to you, but it made us who we were. We, It you know, made us a strong family. All of those things are true right um but what i believe is absent and what is missing and what i try to do in the work that i do and 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 hopefully you can like you can see that and might you know this for people that are listening when i think people discover this it's not about coming back to that rose tinted view right i'm hearing from you what was lacking it was your ability to be able to explore those difficult moments free from judgment free from the need to wrap them up in what is all the positive stuff, but having the ability to be able to go, nah, this was really difficult and this was hard. Mm. And that's what I think society struggles with. Mm. You know, even if I uh, say to you, this happened when I was a child and I really struggled with the way that my mum reacted to Mm. this situation or Mm. something, yeah? Mm. Most people will then try and get me to navigate towards being able to see the good in it and, you know, love my mum and understand why she did it. And I think all of that stuff is useful. However, if you bypass the difficult experience that comes with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If you bypass that difficult experience that you had as a result, then you're bypassing and it stays there. It doesn't go away. It stays there. Yeah. And then then a big part of you spends its life trying to manage that yeah. rather than rather than reaching a stage where you can embody it yeah. and you can have that duality of, the, you know, there's
1: great positives to come out of this and yeah. it was really, really difficult. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Definitely. Uh, the thing that was uh, springing to my mind was and not all, right? Yeah. Like, you know, if you think yeah. about when um, people used to hold a, a, a picture of a glass of milk mm. and it was only halfway up the glass. Yeah. And, if, and they were almost trying to get you to say, ah, oh, are you a ha- glass half empty or a glass half full? Yeah. Right. And some people will probably just go, oh, it's half full because you want to project that you, yeah. you, you're optimistic. It's both. Yeah. It's both half um, empty and half full. Yeah. And you can, you got like sit with that. And you got to sit with both of them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you can't just both bypass and, the fact that it is yeah, half empty. Because what I'm saying is it's half full, true. Yeah. And it's also half empty. Yeah. And you can't bypass it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's what we tend to do. We try, like, you know, even I've probably been guilty of it in the past. I try not to do it anymore. But when somebody, when one of my kids is hurt, like physically hurt or feeling emotionally a bit sensitive, you almost... You you tell them to wrap up their crying really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want them
0: to bypass yeah. it because you're uncomfortable with yeah. it. And so we do, like, never does it show up more than when you're a parent, right? And I noticed that with my kids. I can do all the work that I do, be comfortable. I can, And this is probably the thing that I find most difficult about the work that I do you can bring me your pain and I'll sit with it and hold it and let you be with it. Yeah. When my kids bring me it because it takes me instantly there. Right. And trauma happens within my relationships. They're the ones I'll shut down. Mm. They're the ones who I will bypass their pain and struggle and try and get back to that feeling good. Mm. And, And so I think this happens to all children. Yeah. I think this happens to all children because we're all emotionally suffering. And to a degree, we're all trying to bypass that suffering. Yeah. And I see it in the well-being space all of the time with like what I would call toxic positivity, what I would call with, you know, I talk a lot about difficult childhoods and uh, even toxic parents. Right. And I get a lot of people say you should forgive and let go. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that that might be a, a, a nice place to reach. Right. Yeah. But how do you do that? Yeah. And and by the way, just saying I forgive and I've let go of it yeah. is, is, is nearly always bypassing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, and, definitely. and 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 i think what you find is for me the journey becomes discovering the things that you've bypassed and becoming more comfortable with them and that, you become more comfortable, that's been comfortable my with my journey them by that's my journey
1: Yeah, that's my journey and what i will say is i've been very i think if anyone does this kind of work josh mm. for themselves i think uh, around their childhood and this is just not this is just coming from my own experiences is it's really important to hold the truth that you've you've held around uh, your you, how you were raised, but also um, but not try and rewrite history. So yeah. I'm not trying to go back and demonize my mum for the way that she raised me. She's still my hero. Yeah. right? And what she did um, rightly deserves, you know, like all the all the accolades and praise she gets for what she did. And there's been an evolution and uh, a revolution in understanding around parenting since uh, late 70s early 80s right yeah. so to go back and w- with what we know now and almost you know rescore the test yeah is a bad thing yeah so i've been really careful not to just Come back and come at my mum and go. Why did you do this? Or why did? And by the way, it wasn't just her. It was me. It was my sister. It was our whole dynamic, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. How we all showed up. And the lack of support. And the lack you, of support you, had of you had as them. a family. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's just about understanding, and it's really, it's, it's, it's more about where we go from here. Yeah. It's how do I, how do I, uh, take what I know, all those experiences, the things that I didn't know, and, um, and just help myself to understand myself better first, yeah. and then try and be a better parent. Yeah, and you know what, I think the, the,
0: the, the, like, the ultimate answer to that is about just shedding light on it. Yep. Because the things that we push down and feel like we can't express, when we can't express our truth, we push it down into our body and then we have to work hard to hide it. Mm. And so the solution is not about going, wow, you've got all of these broken parts that need fixing, because they're not broken. There's, no, there's nothing that needs fixing what it needs is light shed on it right the ability to for you to be able to feel witnessed and heard in that experience yeah right and with nobody trying to fix it yeah. with nobody going yeah yeah but your mum did or yeah. you know your family did that's not what you need that's... you need to be witnessed you, what you need is shit yeah man i know how much you love your mum and i know she's a hero and wow in with that fact that must make that even harder for you to experience yeah that that feeling of being let down by your yeah. sister or the people around you or your, whoever it may be yeah yeah, and yeah. that's the duality of life. Like people that we love will let us down, yeah. right? Either, either purposely at one end of the spectrum, yeah. or completely by accident at the other end of the spectrum, right? But it doesn't, it, it doesn't help, or it's not useful, um, to bypass the the way that that makes you feel, whether they did it by accident or not. Yeah. Whether they did it because of their past experiences or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If I accidentally tripped over and dropped a brick on your foot. Right? You could understand it was an accident, love me, and no, I didn't mean to do it, but you still got to go to the hospital and get your foot sorted out. Yeah, You still need to look at that and check that it's all right. Yeah, yeah? And I think what we sometimes do is we go, no, my foot's fine, right? And it's like, it's not fine, I've dropped a brick on it. It was an accident,
1: but you still, ne- you understand what I'm saying? 100%. Yeah.
0: And I think that is about just having the ability to be to be witnessed and, 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 and have it seen.
1: And I think just one thing that, uh, you know, just to wrap up, it, something that really resonated in, in what you just said was you're not broken. I think the fact is I don't feel broken, and if if I had to feel broken to go into this work, I would never have gone in there. Yeah. But it's because I recognise that actually, you know, all all these parts of me are important. It's just a, uh, some of those parts have not been explored, and I also know enough that that is going to help me be um, more connected yeah. going forward. And and and
0: let me just say lastly, and we won't have time for the reason to be cheerful. We'll ju- we'll wrap up, but. And maybe I think feel like we should definitely revisit this because because, well, we're we're all on We're both on a journey. Right. But we'll be able to come back to it. But the bypassing that you have done throughout your whole life Hmm. should should as well not be demonized. Right. It was incredible that you were able to do it until it came up when it did, which was either when you were ready or when you couldn't hold it down anymore. Right? So sometimes even everything that I've said about not bypassing, and I even said that bypassing isn't useful. It is of course useful to a degree until we are ready to say, right now, I don't want to start looking at some of this stuff. So that escapism bypassing, all of that stuff, we demonize that and say, you know, and that's what happens in the healing world. People go, you need to heal your shit and deal with it right now. Right? Which is great and fine. Actually you don't, Hmm. actually you don't. You need to do what you need to do to get through today in the best way that you can with a knowing that when I'm ready, there's people around me and things that I can do to be, to feel witnessed and seen in my experience. Yeah. Those healing people they are not saying it anymore, by the way, because they're in the room. <laughs> 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 they're in 101, I got yeah. rid of them, yeah. <laughs> Mate, uh, a good way to end. I've really, mate, really, I, I appreciate you, um your vulnerability today as well, and your ability to allow us to kind of explore some of that stuff. Um, and I think people listening will, will, have, will, will take a lot away from this. Cheers, man. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan. Khan.